Also, you got a shout out on Catholic Stuff You Should Know. <laughs> no, that was so fun. My mom sent it to me. She That's was awesome. like, Catherine Haas, she's the coolest. <laughs> I know, so sweet. Love that. You're famous. You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Leadem to Life. I am sitting down with my dear friend, Catherine Haas. Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Haas, what is up, girl? Oh, it's so good to see your face. I miss you. I feel like you should leave California and move to South Dakota. What do you think? Uh, I will do no such thing, but it's a great dream. (laughs) (laughs) You're coming from sunny California. Is it beautiful there today? It's always beautiful there. It's so beautiful. So we had to move masks back outside again today. And I wore like this big wool coat and I did not need it because it was so hot. (laughs) Do you miss, do you miss your Minnesota winter garb? Like coats, hats, mittens, the, all the things. I don't miss anything. That's probably one of the best things about living here is I get to walk out my door every day and not have to think about how many layers am I wearing and will, will it last me the whole day? <laughs> and am I going to freeze? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, Catherine, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. You were on my list when I first started Lead Them to Life um, this last year. And so you and I went to college together. That's where we met. I think we met freshman year. Uh, we roomed together in Roma. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. How could you forget about that? That was really. I, I mean, I didn't forget about it. <laughs> no, it was the best. It was the best uh, four months. Um, okay, Catherine, tell us a little bit about you, though. Um, we'll get into some of your story as we go. But um, yeah, what do you do? Where do you reside in the world? Those kinds of things. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, uh, born and raised in a suburb of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And from there, went on to study at the University of St. Thomas, and I studied Catholic studies and apparel design. So after that, um, I worked in the fashion industry in Minneapolis, L.A., and now in San Diego, where I am launching a new women's swimwear brand called Sienna and Company. Such a blast. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're going to get all, we're going to deep dive into Sienna and company uh, a little bit because I'm just so excited about it. I just saw your sneak peek the other day of the um, suit that's coming out. Is it coming out in the spring? Yeah, that is the hope. But as we're learning, man, everything is just taking time, especially with COVID. So just gotta be patient. (laughs) Okay. So we'll come back to that. Um, You're in San Diego now. Mm Mm-hmm. What brought you to California from Minnesota? Yeah, I, um, (laughs) in Minnesota, I grew up dreaming of moving to California always. I thought all of California was Beverly Hills and obviously very false uh, assessment (laughs) and just totally got that from the movies. But I just kind of feel like in Minnesota, I just felt like, oh, it's like that, um, Disney movie, um, Little Mermaid. I want to be where the people are. (laughs) That's how I felt. I just like wanted to be somewhere bigger, quote unquote, better. Um, And that was for some reason California to me. And so I did look at a couple schools in California, um, but I went to 
when I went to visit, just did not have peace going there. So I am grateful that I did end up at the University of St. Thomas. Um, but that, yeah, desire, that kind of seed that was planted was always there. So I worked um, in the fashion industry for a couple years after college and just kept feeling that tug to go to California. And then um, at one point I was dating this guy and when we broke up, it was a really difficult breakup for me. But that pain and heartbreak was actually the catalyst I needed to go to California. And now looking back, I definitely see that I was totally running from that situation. But uh, as we know, the Lord makes good come from all things. So um, after, like through that breakup, I asked my boss at the time if I could move to our office in LA. And she said yes, which I actually wasn't uh, expecting her to say. So I packed up all of my belongings in a U-Haul and my brother and I towed my car out to California and we made it and I've been here almost three years now. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Catherine, you are my friend that, I, I shouldn't say this because I have a lot of friends actually that like are, are risk takers and not afraid to yeah try new things or whatever. Um, but you are totally my friend that does the thing that everybody else is kind of like would that be awesome you're mm -hmm. like yeah i'm just gonna, i'm just going to do it like i just i remember you like buying a ticket to rome cuz we were all like wouldn't it be so great to go back to rome i'd love to go back to rome and you like bought a ticket to rome and went and it was like oh, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> you were just you you have that um i don't know if it's a free spirit or i don't even know what i would call it but um I honestly don't know. Have you always been that way? Or is that something like, cause it's not necessarily like a risk taker per se. Um, you just, you just embrace life and you just say, I'm going to try it. What's what could hurt kind of thing. Have you always been that way? I think yes, but I'm trying to think of anything, any examples before yeah, college. And I guess nothing is really coming to mind. But um, well, even as you and I were talking before we started recording, I just kind of feel like sometimes I find myself in a place where this is not where I thought I would be or want to be. And for some reason, I just, yeah, have this bug of, okay, either I stay here uh, in a place I don't necessarily want to be, or I do something about it and no one else can do that for me. And so I guess I just feel like I have to do something. And so then I take the plunge. And what's really interesting is I do feel like each time I do that and make that decision, it almost teaches me that it, that I can do it. And that, mm -hmm. that helps me for the next time that situation comes up to make that plunge, to take that risk, you know, whatever that is. So that's kind of a cool thing I've learned from it. Do you feel like it's addressing fear for you? Like it's a way of maybe, um, yeah, taking head on fears that you might have like, oh, what about friendship or what about this or what about this? And it's like, no, I'm going to address the fear and overcome it. Or is yes. that really a fear for you? Well, no, there are definitely fears. There's definitely lots of fears. Um, and ah, yeah, I wish I had an answer of how I do overcome that, but I, I just think it's a grace from God because 
a lot of these things I've done, there's actually no reason I should have done it. Like moving to California, I should have had a lot of fears. I didn't know one person in LA and I probably should have had a more healthy fear of that whole process. But um, I think because the actual move in particular was me kind of running from something else, it was naive and um, I didn't necessarily think through everything that I had done, but I think a lot of, yeah, these risks, as you say, I've taken is absolutely has been overcoming fear. And um, well, just like I said, I just think each time I do that, I just learn that I can do it and um, I will, or most often I do live to see the other side. So <laughs> it brought you freedom. Yes, but I still feel like I have a long way to go. I still think there are things I would like to do that I am not there yet. And um, it is freeing to know that I can do those things. Like, man, I absolutely think I could now move anywhere and make it. So that I definitely would say that feels freeing. Um, But I would still say there's, yeah, room for growth too. Yeah, totally. Okay, so um, you... You studied apparel design, and you've been working in the fashion industry for six years, Mm -hmm. Um, and continuing and taking the next step kind of in your own career within it and that kind of thing. Do you see yourself as as a creative, and what role does being creative, like you're a musician, you have a beautiful voice, you sing, you design, you make, you, yeah, you just have this real creativity about you. Um, How has that impacted you um, spiritually, emotionally, uh, all the things? Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I actually wouldn't use the word creative or I don't quite resonate with that word. Um, I almost feel like maybe more so in those endeavors specifically that you named, I almost feel like my skills and desires lie in the execution. So I wouldn't say, yeah, I have creativity in that I can just like think of new ideas from scratch, um, whether it's in music or fashion design, but I do feel like oftentimes I'll experience someone else's art and I'll think, man, I really like this piece, this piece, and this piece. This is how I'd make it better. And then in the executing of that, in me actually doing it, I feel like that's when I come alive and um, feel fulfillment or purpose. Um, To borrow a phrase from Jennifer Fulweiler, blue flame. Have you read that or heard of that? Okay. That's, yeah, that's what I that's what comes to mind when I think of that is the, is the actual execution of that. I feel like that's where I come alive and that's my blue flame. That's so interesting. And as, but even as you're talking about that, I would still say that that is part of that is creating. Mm. Like, I think that I like, I've never, this is really interesting because I think I've always put, creativity kind of in this little box of like yeah being the ideas person or yes, being able too, yeah. to like take a blank canvas and paint mm-hmm. something or whatever and that 
is not the fullness of creative mm. because as you're talking about, I would totally agree, like what you're talking about in your skill set and your gifts being the execution of those things. But yeah. that is still like the participation in mm. creating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just have never thought about it in that way. But I would still because I'm I'm like, no, you're absolutely creative, <laughs> but you're right. It's on that like it's on the second, the the second half of that or whatever. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Look at us. We just learned something new about creation. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So um, tell us, I'm ready to talk about Sienna and company. <laughs> why, why swimwear? Mm-hmm. Um, how long has there been a desire for you to start your own swimwear line or fashion line and Sienna and company? Talk about yep, that. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So I, with the desire to move to California growing up, the interest and desire for fashion and in particular to have my own line of clothing was just always there. Um, I remember sketching my wedding dress when I, like as soon as I could draw. And I'm very glad my stylist changed because that was one, that was a rough <laughs> dress. Um, but yeah. And I was also a really huge tomboy growing up. I love playing all the sports, want to do all the things my brothers did. Um, but even in that, my outfits were perfectly co- color coordinated, head to toe, all through it. Um, and then in high school, I went to this huge public high school and we had a ton of opportunities to take different elective courses. And I was able to take six sewing classes while I was there. And I have never really loved school. Um, but those classes just flew by and whenever the bell would ring, I just, you know, was so upset and wanted to stay there. Um, so that's definitely when I knew, man, if I have to pursue one thing for a career the rest of my life, I definitely wanted to be fashion and clothing and, um, sewing of some sort. Um, and I feel like swimwear in particular is one area I've never in my life found a swimsuit that has everything I would want. I always feel like I have to compromise on something, whether that's style or um, amount of coverage or price or a combination of all those things. And so as a lot of areas in my life, I just think, okay, if this doesn't exist, I have to make it. <laughs> so that's why I want to do swimwear. Um, and I do think that's a common experience with a lot of women I talk to. Um, yeah, there just is there's just something lacking in a lot of what's out there. Um, and then Sienna and company comes from, okay, I was reading this, um, fashion business book and in it, it talks about, um, you should not name your line, your name. So, um, think about like, well, any, yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, that's not a good idea because when you get huge, someone might want to buy it from you. And if you sell your company, then you're selling your name and who wants their name to be out there, not associated with yourself anymore. So yeah. So I was thinking about, okay, how can it still (laughs) kind of be not about me, but you know, related. Um, and so I thought about St. Catherine of Siena, but I don't want the line to be explicitly Catholic or Christian or even modest. I don't use that word. Um, because I think that can be a turnoff to a lot of people. And so this way it has kind of my name, St. Catherine of Siena, and um, 
the intercession of St. Catherine of Siena involved, um, but not super explicit. And then also, and company is also the company of saints and all of those around me, because what I'm learning is this takes a village to mm. um, start something like this. And, and yeah, my support system has been phenomenal. So I love how it just kind of includes lots of different aspects in the name. And if you just saw it, you probably would never think about any of that. <laughs> That's so, and I love the subtle, yeah, I love the subtlety of it. Mm-hmm. I think I think you and I have that in common in in a lot of ways mm-hmm. of yeah. um, just our approach uh, to to the faith at times. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, like I want to cast a wide net, you know. Yes, and and allow people to encounter something that's beautiful mm-hmm. and true and good. And I think in that we discover deeper truth, kind of. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Okay, tell me more about why you don't use the word modest. Oh, yes. Okay, so um, I think some people, and now myself included, who want to dress modestly and pursue modesty, it just, it's so loaded and it ha- it can have a lot of negative connotations. Um, it's very subjective. There is no teaching on what actually modest dress is. And I think... Um, oftentimes people can, yeah, just have this very rigid box that is very subjective and they try to put it on other people. Um, my brother likes to use this phrase, um, don't be more Catholic than the Catholic church. If the church doesn't <laughs> teach it, you can't teach it. You can't say that, you know, this is the only way. Um, and yeah, I feel like. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's really good. Yeah, I really like it. Um, and I do feel like my, my own vision of modesty has progressed. Um, I think growing up, yeah, I went to public school and wanted to be like all the cool kids and wanted to wear what was trendy and, um, in style. And that was not modesty. (laughs) And then, um, when I kind of had my reversion, um, in my heart, I then feel like I swung to the total opposite side of, yeah, being very strict and you can't show your shoulders and you can never under any circumstance show your stomach and you can never wear tight things. And I just found through that, if I'm being honest, I really would use that to think less of others who didn't fit into my understanding of modesty and I'm just really grateful that the Lord showed me that that's how I was treating it because I don't, I don't think that's what modesty should be. It shouldn't be this rule that we're placing on other people. And so now I would say I've kind of come back more in the middle of, I think modesty is a lifestyle. I think it's more than just the amount of skin you're showing or not. I think it's how, how you speak, how you act and what your intentions are. I think that's the biggest thing is what are your intentions? And at the end of the day, that is between you and God and he knows your intentions. And I think we can, we can, yeah, call each other on in that, those we love and we are with, but I think generally, yeah, it's just about intentions. Hmm. You want to know something weird? Please tell me. I do not 
think about modesty nearly as much as I used to. Mm. When did you notice that shift? Um, I think after I had our first baby. I think after okay. I had Claire. I think after I had Claire. That's interesting. Isn't that weird? I just, and I, <clears throat> I've never really thought about it until we're having this conversation, but I, I don't know. I think, cause I, I'm almost with you that I used modesty either as like a judgment call or yeah. as, um, kind of this like rigid, uh, lack of understanding of my body Mm, I don't know how to describe that I need to like I need to think about this more but I feel like after having Claire or maybe it's just like as as I've gotten older like don't get me wrong it's still important and yeah those things but I just I don't think about it in the same way and Mm -hmm. uh yeah, maybe it's because my body has changed so much, so it's like, mm, not yeah. really quite as sexy anymore. So <laughs> I don't know, but it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Like that 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 was a huge part of my like passion in college and even post college. And yep. now it's I'm kind of with you. Like my my understanding of it has just shifted, and I found a lot more freedom yep. in the fact that yes, it's important, but it's actually like about so much more. Yeah. Okay, I have a couple of thoughts. First okay. is, are you, do you fall in the camp of women who, after you've given birth, then you're like, yep, anyone can see anything because everyone already has? Um, I, if I'm on a spectrum, I'm probably more towards that side of the spectrum of like, okay. whatever. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with it, because if that was the time you noticed the shift, then maybe it has to do with that. That's very interesting. You're probably right, Catherine. Well, yeah, we'll see. Because it's, it's kind of just like, yeah, I think the, I think I, my whole, like, view of my body and understanding of my body, like, deepened immensely mm-hmm. with, with uh, pregnancy and labor and delivery and all yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and in some ways, like, if I'm being honest, maybe there's part, and I think a lot of women will relate to this, like, your body does change so much. So, like, even just finding things that feel flattering and attractive, Mm -hmm. whatever, is, like, more challenging, um, in those phases, but, but yeah, for sure, I think there was just this, like, beauty that I discovered in my body's capacity to bear mm-hmm. that revealed a deeper truer beauty than what I yep. had limited yeah. to before if that makes sense yeah um that does make sense and then my other thought was okay I think you said something like ri- did you say rigid understanding of your body or rigid misunderstanding of your body um I don't know what I said but I <laughs> was, but I think rigid a rigid misunderstanding Okay. Yeah. So I agree. I think I, um, in a lot of, you know, modesty talks or, you know, the way I was raised to view that it was a misunderstanding of my body. And I think in a lot of conversations about modesty, it is, um, to, you know, just cover your body, 
and then we're not going to tell you why. And then the other thing I think to keep in mind is our relation then with others. So a lot in the conversation of modesty is specifically men around, you know, what, what is our responsibility or duty as women, as sisters? Um, and I have a difficult time with that and I haven't come to a conclusion because I feel like I'm a feminist at heart of, yeah, it's not my job to, you know, steer your eyes, but also we're in this together and I definitely don't want any one around me to stumble no matter what it, what the situation is. So I think there's like a fine line of Mm -hmm. what is our duty and responsibility, but also some things aren't our duty and responsibility. So I definitely don't have a conclusion, but just keeping that in mind of, yeah, what do we have ownership over for ourselves? And then also those around us who we care about. Yeah. I love that phrase. Like we're in this together because I Mm -hmm. think, yeah, I would totally agree with that. Like in the, yeah, that it goes both ways and it's actually love of neighbor, love of brother, Mm -hmm. sister to like be intentional about our interactions about the way just to be intentional about the way we present ourselves to the world yep not in a way that's not authentic or yeah or anything like that but actually like a more authentic free version of ourselves yeah absolutely that makes sense Mm -hmm. um okay wow listeners just got a deep dive into some (laughs) (laughs) and some girl talk there yeah Um, exactly Okay, so Sierra and Company, the new sneak peek. Where can people follow along, by the way, with that? Yeah, um, the best is to sign up for the email list because, man, social media is crazy. Did you see that they were, um, you, couldn't ha- you couldn't tag anything on Instagram during the election because they didn't want, I don't know why. Because yeah, they, were, they disabled. Yeah, all the things. things. So <laughs> yeah. email list is great because it's never run by anything that happens on social media. So that's great. That's where you get the first sneak peeks, as you said. Um, so you can go to our website, sienna-co.com and then also Instagram. Cause it's beautiful with pictures. <laughs> Cause it's beautiful with pictures. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about it. I cannot wait to purchase my first Sienna and company swimsuit. And I love that they're classic. Like they're not trying to be, super um like weird you know what I mean by that like sometimes I look at runway fashion or high fashion stuff and I'm like okay who would actually ever wear that and I just love like yours are so timeless and classic and yeah I just can't wait yeah um okay best compliment ever not super weird Lead them to life. Just dish it out. The greatest compliment. Yep, yep, yep. Got it. Um, okay, we have a few more minutes, and I have like eight more things to talk to you about. Um, I'm trying to decide which one I want to start with. I think I want to go here. So okay. you have been on. Uh, would you call it a journey of health and wholeness yeah. and wellness? Okay, definitely a journey. Lots of speed bumps. okay so tell me a little bit about 
that. And um, I just, it's been really inspiring for me to hear you talk about your intentional choices surrounding your health and mental health and that kind of thing. So I'd love to know where that all started for you. What are some of the things that you've been doing and choosing um, and how has it affected you? Yeah. Um, Okay. Try to be as succinct as possible. So the first- What's that? I said, whatever. If we go long, we go long. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so I'd say the first thing that comes to mind is um, after college, I found myself dating a lot, which was new. And um, in that experience, I noticed a lot of anxiety come up, especially when the dates would go well, which is weird. And um, at, I mean, like, at the end weird, of the but- Uh, sorry (laughs) um (laughs) not super weird but weird um so at the end of dates they'd go well I would yeah I would just be super anxious I would find myself in tears and then when I would talk to the guy about the next date find myself in tears super anxious would so anxious that I wouldn't want to go even though I liked them and then when I would cancel I would just get a sigh of relief so I remember actually sitting in my car one time crying, talking to our friend Katie, telling her this. And she was very kind and, and understanding, listening to all this. But basically what she said was, yeah, that, that doesn't sound normal. That doesn't, yeah, that's not a common experience for a lot of people. And that was good for me to hear because it was just my experience. So that was the first time I thought about and decided to see a therapist because I felt like as helpful and supportive as my friends and family are, um, they aren't necessarily professionals and they, um, don't necessarily have a unbiased perspective and yeah, as helpful as they want to be, they might just not have experience with it. So I felt like, okay, this is affecting my life enough that I do want to go talk to someone about this. And what I found through that process of talking with someone else was that I um, do feel like I have struggled with anxiety and depression all of my life, but it was, that was never named. I never thought about it. It was just my experience because that's all I knew. That was just your normal. Exactly. And that is exactly also what happened with my physical health journey is um, I grew up on a very steady diet of fast food and no nothing healthy (laughs) and I always felt sick I was always tired and fatigued and um no energy and yeah just like digestive problems and that's just all I knew so I thought that was normal life and so that was brought to my attention when after I moved to California I don't know. I think, pe- yeah, people would just like call me and, you know, catching up because I just moved and talking about all these things. And that's what I would just say. I was just like, yeah, I'm just like always tired and fatigued. And they're like, yeah, that doesn't sound normal. <laughs> so um, someone shared with me this idea of having a green smoothie every day. And so every morning you make a smoothie that has some kind of greens in it. Specifically, I had spinach. And it was the first time I like actually felt better. And then, so that kind of started to give me hope. So then I heard about the Whole30 elimination diet. So for 30 days, you cut out 
foods that are known to be inflammatory. So different things like grains, dairy, sugar, that kind of stuff. And after doing that, I had never felt so amazing in my life. And um, yeah. And again, yeah, it just like showed me that, um, man, there is a better way. And then, so I wouldn't say I now, you know, have cut out all those things forever because it's really difficult to do that. But I have noticed that when I have um, just eaten better and been more intentional about my food choices, knowing what affects me negatively and what doesn't, um, I do feel like my mental health is better and I have less brain fog and um, less um, experiences with anxiety and depression throughout the month. So fascinating stuff. Really? So you yep. feel, I shouldn't say really like this is shocking because there's, <laughs> studies, that show, there's studies that show like this is a common experience for people and yeah. that happens, but I just, it still is so amazing to me. So you feel like, obviously, I mean, not just changing your diet affected yeah. your mental health. Like, like you said, there was all right. of the other things, a support group of community and yep. therapists that you were working with and that kind of thing. But you feel like shifting your diet impacted your mental health. Yeah. And, but I would say though, I mean, obviously, as we all know, I'm not a um, medical professional by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm not saying everyone should do this, especially because um, I have a good friend who she's done similar things, changes in her diet, and she has no, she feels no different by doing that so yeah I'm not trying to say everyone should do this that it's the best um but okay to relate that to other parts of life what I have found is really interesting is by knowing what foods negatively affect me um this is super empowering to okay so I'm presented with this decision to okay someone is offering me this at work or my roommates have made this but I know that it I don't feel as great after I eat that. It's really empowering to know, okay, am I going to choose this or not? And knowing the consequence of that. And it's okay to choose it sometimes because I really want to engage with the people I'm with or because, um, yeah, I haven't kind of indulged in this in a while and I want to, or nope, I know that I know what is going to be the outcome and I choose to refrain and, so that's really cool. Just like that idea of the choices we make and knowing the consequences. Do you feel like it's uh, strengthened your self-control? Um, in self some ways. Not necessarily self-control, but self-discipline. Yeah. In some ways, yes. And then, yeah, in some ways. I, I wish I would be strong enough to always refrain, but I'm not there yet. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may be further than I have been, but not as much as I'd like to be. father joe vogel who was on the podcast last week always said uh all things all things in moderation or something um catherine i could just talk to you forever (laughs) now i am so grateful for your time and your honesty and your sincerity and yeah i just think you are an incredible woman doing incredible things for the world and for the church and yeah, it's just it's just a great joy. So tell us one more time where um, people can get your newsletter. What's the what's your website? 
Okay, so the website is sienna-co, that's S-I-E-N-A-C-O.com. Um, on there, you can sign up for the email list and or um, on Instagram, too. And we didn't even really talk about this, but I thought it was really fun learning in your first newsletter um, kind of why sustainable fashion mm-hmm. was a huge part of your journey and... Um, or a huge part of your mission with Sienna and company is wanting to make sure that all of your products are um, made ethically and in good work environments and that kind of thing, which I just thought was really, really neat to learn about. I feel like that's not something I Mm -hmm. had been much exposed to um, until my friendship with you and just learning about, um, yeah, where our clothes come from and that kind of thing so people can learn about those newsletters as well yeah absolutely well friends thank you so much for listening to this episode Catherine thank you so much for joining me I hope that you enjoyed it uh I hope it's a little bit of girl talk but man I think you might have learned something um hopefully as well so (laughs) definitely share this one with a friend and we'll be sure to see you next time